Welcome to Archetypes and Anarchy, a podcast created by me, Courtney Floyd, and my Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon in spring of 2018. Episode 2, Introductions. In Episode 1, I provided a brief overview of what Archetypes in Anarchy is about and what its goals are. This episode will introduce the hosts that will be taking the helm in each episode from here on out. But before I turn things over to them, let me just introduce myself as promised in the end of the last episode. My name is Courtney Floyd, as you may have already inferred from the opening music. I am a fourth-year PhD candidate at the University of Oregon, and I study Victorian literature and print culture. I'm specifically interested in the ways that print objects like newspapers and advertisements and even second-hand books can be used to shape identities and to reshape the way that characters think about their own and other people's bodies. A lot of my work takes place from a disability studies standpoint, but I'm also interested in issues of embodiment writ large, such as gender and sexuality and the overlaps of those things. I'm also the creator, producer, and co-host of Victorian Scribblers, a podcast about the lives and work of lesser-known Victorian writers, which airs on the last Friday of every month and is currently in its second season. And finally, I'll be the producer and consultant for all of the remaining Archetypes and Anarchy episodes. But enough about me. Let's get on to some introductions. I asked students to introduce themselves and tell us their favorite fairy tales and when the last time they read or watched a fairy tale was. This is what they had to say. Hello, my name is Kylie. I am a sophomore. My favorite fairy tale is probably Cinderella because I really enjoyed the story behind it. Um, I don't really remember the last time I read a fairy tale, but I watched them a lot. Hi, my name's Michael. I'm a sophomore studying political science and journalism. Um, I don't know what my favorite folk or fairy tale is. Uh, I really like Shrek, but I don't think that qualifies. I don't know the last time like I've read or watched a fairy tale, but probably I will soon. Hi, my name is Wit. Uh, I am a junior. My major is journalism. My favorite fairy tale is Mulan a fairy tale. Okay, definitely Mulan because she's just and she deserves the credit. Uh, last time I read a fairy tale or listened or watched, I would say. I'm not really sure, but I think that a lot of fairy tales are so integrated in with everything that we watch every day. Nothing's really original anymore, so. Hi, I'm Megan. Um, I'm a sophomore. My favorite fairy tale is probably Snow White, um, probably because of the Seven Dwarves. And then the last time I watched it was probably on Netflix, probably Beauty and the Beast. My name is Ethan. I'm a freshman. My favorite folk of fairy tale is... Uh, Three Little Pigs, because my mom read it to me when I was a kid, and I haven't read it since then. My name's Mackenzie. I also have to go with Mulan, because I can only watch that when I wanted to sleep. 
Um, I'm a junior and I'm studying human physiology and no idea when the last time Red Fairy Tale was. Hi, I'm Bailey. I'm a sophomore. Um, my favorite fairy tale is Cinderella because I read it all the time as a kid. Um, last time I read one was probably a few years ago or watched one was a few years ago. Um, hi, I'm Spencer. I'm a sophomore. My favorite uh, fairy tale is probably Cinderella because it's a classic. Um, and the last time I watched a fairy tale was probably last year. Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm a sophomore. My favorite fairy tale is Mulan because I love the storyline behind it. And the last time I watched a fairy tale was probably five years ago. I don't know. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alex. I'm a junior. I'm not sure what my favorite fairy tale is, and I've probably watched one recently on Netflix or something. Hi, I'm Casey. Um, I'm a sophomore, and my favorite fairy tale would be um, Robin Hood because it has a good story behind it, and I haven't seen any fairy tales or read any of them in a really long time. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nico. I'm a freshman. My favorite fairy tale would probably be Beauty and the Beast, and I don't remember the last time I read or watched one, though. Hi, I'm Julia. I'm a freshman. Um, I think my favorite fairy tale is Princess and the Frog. Don't know why, it's just a cool story. And I don't remember the last time I read anything. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a sophomore, and my favorite fairy tale would be Alice in Wonderland because I like how whimsical it is, and I don't remember the last time I watched a fairy tale. Hi, I'm Imani. I'm a freshman, and my favorite fairy tale is Princess and the Frog because I like the music and the storyline behind it, and I don't remember the last time I read or watched a fairy tale. Hi, my name is Zach, and I'm a sophomore. Uh, my favorite fairy tale is probably Alice in Wonderland because it's trippy. Um, I can't remember the last time I ever read or listened to one, though. Hi, my name is Reed. My favorite fairy tale probably has to be uh, Little Mermaid, and I don't remember the last time I watched a fairy tale. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm a sophomore, and my favorite fairy tale is Little Red Riding Hood because a cross-dressing wolf is pretty humorous and I read, watch fairy tales with my kids like every day. My name's Alex, I'm a freshman. I think my favorite fairy tale would be Robin Hood with Alan Rickman, that version. And then the last time I watched one was probably the Hansel and Gretel remake with Jeremy Renner. Hi, I'm Michael, I'm a senior. Uh, my favorite fairy tale is The Lord of the Rings. Okay, so Lord of the Rings, just I guess the concept of the Good vs. Evil, Hobbit Saves the World. Um, I don't read, so I, probably the last time I watched that movie was maybe over winter break. I'm Shay. I'm a sophomore. My favorite fairy tale is probably Cinderella, because that's what I watched when I was little. And last time I read a fairy tale was probably a long time ago, babysitting. Hi, I'm Sean, I'm a freshman, and my favorite uh, fairy tale would probably be Mulan because I watched it a lot when I was a kid, and I don't remember the last time I watched or read a fairy tale. 
I'm Whitney, I'm a sophomore, and my favorite fairy tale would probably be Princess and the Frog, and the last time I watched one was the Beauty and the Beast, the remake one. Hi, my name's Maddie, I'm a senior. Um, my favorite fairy tale is the story of Urashima Taro, which is a Japanese fairy tale that my mom used to read to me. Um, and the last time I read or watched a fairy tale was winter break. I watched like a bunch of Disney movies with my friends. Hello, my name is Bo. I'm a freshman and my favorite fairy tale will probably be Robin Hood. And the last time I watched one was probably the remake of Beauty and the Beast. My name is Austin Tamagno. I'm a sophomore. Um, my favorite folk or fairy tale is uh, Mulan. And I think the last time I read that was my sophomore year in high school. My name is Sean McPherson. I'm a freshman. My favorite folk or fairy tale is Cinderella, and I watched that as a kid. My name is Molly Yumkiss. Um, I am a sophomore. My favorite folk or fairy tale would be Hansel and Gretel because I like it. <laughs> and uh, the last time I read a fairy tale was when I babysat a little six-year-old girl. My name is Caitlin Bradley and I'm a sophomore. My favorite fairy tale is Cinderella and the last time I watched it was when I was a little girl. My name's Isabel Hernandez. I'm a junior. I think my favorite fairy tale also is Cinderella. And the last time I watched that, I think I was a kid too. My name's Joey. I'm a junior and my favorite folk or fairy tale is Mulan. And I watched it like probably a year ago. My name's Tate. I'm a sophomore. My favorite fairy tale is Cinderella. Last time I read it was probably when I was little. I'm Shannon. I'm a senior. My favorite fairy tale is probably the Grimm's version of Cinderella. And the last time I read a fairy tale, um, probably last week, babysitting. My name's Atlas. Uh, I'm a freshman. Favorite folk fairy tale. Like, I used to love Pippi Longstocking when I was younger. I don't know if that counts. Uh, I've not read a fairy tale for years. I mean, it's been forever. As I shared with my class on the first day, the poet W.H. Auden claims that the way to read a fairy tale is to throw yourself in. So I've asked nine volunteers to assist me with a performative reading of Joseph Jacobs' The Cinder Maid. And we'll conclude our episode today with their reading of that. I'm Michael, and I'm reading The Father. I'm Austin. I'm reading the role of the prince. I'm Tate. I'm reading the bird. I'm Kylie Gelfand, and I'm reading the narrator. I'm Ashley, and I'm reading the role of Harold. My name is Wit, and I'll be reading the role of Cinderella. My name is Mackenzie, and I'm one of two sisters. I'm Ethan, and I'm the second sister. And I'm Bo, and I'm reading the footnotes.
Once upon a time, though it was not in my time, or in your time, or in anybody else's time, there was a great king who had only a son, the prince in there who was about to come of age. So the king sent round a herald who should blow his trumpet at every four corners where two roads met. And when the people came together, he would call out, Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, know ye that his grace the king will give on Monday said night. That meant seven nights, or a week after. A royal ball to which all maidens of noble birth are hereby summoned, and be it furthermore known unto you that I hit this ball, his highness the prince will select unto himself a lady that shall be his bride and our future queen. God save the king. Now there was among the nobles of the king's court one who had married twice, and by the first marriage he had but one daughter, and as she was growing up, her father thought that she ought to have someone to look after her. So he married again, a lady with two daughters, and his new wife, instead of caring for his daughter, thought only of her own and favored them in every way. She would give them beautiful dresses, but none to her stepdaughter, who had only to wear the cast-off clothes of the other two. The noble's daughter was set to do all the drudgery of the house, to attend the kitchen fire, and had not to sleep on but the heap of cinder raked out in the scullery, and that is why they called her Cinder Maid, and no one took pity on her, and she would go and weep at her mother's grave where she had planted a hazel tree under which she sat. You can imagine how excited they all were when they heard the king's proclamation called out by the herald. What shall, what shall we, we wear, mother? mother? What, what shall, shall we wear? wear? cried out the two daughters, and they all began talking about which dress should suit the one and what dress should suit the other. But when the father suggested the cinder maid should also have a dress, they all cried out, What cinder maid going to the king's ball? Why, Why look at her, she would only disgrace us all. And so her father held his peace. Now when the night came for the royal ball, cinder maid had to help the two sisters to dress in their fine dresses and saw them drive off in the carriage with her father and their mother. But she went to her own mother's grave and sat beneath the hazel tree and wept and cried out, Trio mine, O trio me, with tears I've watered thee. Make me a lady fair to see, dress me as splendid as can be. And with that, the little bird on the tree called out to her, Cinder maid, cinder maid, shake the tree, open the first nut that you see. So cinder maid shook the tree, and the first nut that fell, she took up and opened. And what do you think she saw? A beautiful silk dress, blue as the heavens, all embroidered with the stars and two little lovely shoon shoes made from shining copper and when she had dressed herself the hazel tree opened and from it came a coach all made of copper with four milk white horses with coachman and footmen all complete and as she drove away the little bird called out to her be home be home your meadow night or else again you'll be a fright when cinder maid entered the ballroom she was the loveliest of the ladies and the prince who had been dancing with her stepsisters would only dance with her but as the came as it came towards midnight, Cindermaid remembered what the little bird had told her and slipped away to her carriage. And when the prince missed her, he went to the guards at the, at the palace door and told them to follow the carriage. But Cindermaid, when she saw this, called out, Miss behind and light before, guide me to my father's door. And when the prince's soldiers tried to follow her, there came such a mist that they couldn't see their hands before their faces, so they couldn't find which way Cindermaid went. When her father and stepmother and two sisters came home from after the ball, they could talk nothing of but the lovely lady. Ah, uh, would not, not you have liked to have been there? Said the sisters to Cindermaid as she helped them take off their fine dresses. 
that was a most lovely lady with a dress like the heavens and shoes of bright copper, and the prince would dance with none but her. And when midnight came, she disappeared, and the prince could not find her. He is going to give a second ball in the hope that she will come again. Perhaps she will not, and then we will have our chance. When the time of the second royal ball came around, the same thing happened as before. The sisters teased Cindermaid, saying, Wouldn't you like to come with us? And drove off again, as before. And Cindermaid went again to the hazel tree over her mother's grave and cried, Trio mine, o oh, trio me, shiver and shake, dear little tree, make me a lady fair to see, dress me as splendid as can be. And then the little bird on the tree called out, Cindermaid, Cindermaid, shake the tree, open the first nut that you see. But this time she found a dress, all golden brown like the earth, embroidered with flowers, and her shoon were made of silver, and when the carriage came from the tree, lo and behold, that was made of silver too, drawn by black horses with trappings all of silver, and the lace on the coachman's and the footman's libraries were was also of silver, and when Cindermaid went to the ball, the prince would dance with none but her, and when midnight came around, she fled as before. But the prince, hoping to prevent her running away, had ordered the soldiers at the foot of the staircase to pour out honey on the stairs so that her shoe would stick in it. But Cindermaid leaped from the stair to stair and got away just in time, calling out as the soldiers tried to follow her, Miss behind and life before, guide me to my father's door. And when her sisters got home, they told her once more of the beautiful lady that had come in a silver coach and silver shoon in a dress all embroidered with flowers. Ah, uh, wouldn't you like to have been, been there? Said they. Once again, the prince gave a great ball and hoped that his unknown beauty would come to it. All happened as before. As soon as the sisters had gone, Cindermaid went to the hazel tree over her mother's grave and called out, Trio mine, or trio me, shiver and shake, dear little tree, make me a fair lady to see, dress me as splendid as can be. And then the little bird appeared and said, Cindermaid, Cindermaid, shake the tree, open the first nut that you see. And when she opened the nut in it, was a dress of silk green as the sea, with waves upon it, and her shoes this time were made of gold, and when the coach came out of the tree, it was also made of gold, with gold trappings for the horses in the retainers. As she drove off, the little bird from the tree called out, Be home, be home ere meadow night, or else again you'll be afraid. Now this time when Sinner Maid came to the ball, she was desirous, the dance only with the prince as he with her, and so when midnight came around, she had forgotten to leave till the clock began to strike one. Two. down the stairs as the clock struck eight, nine, ten. But the prince had told his soldiers to put their tar upon the lower steps of the stairs. As the clock struck eleven, her, sh her shoes are stuck in the tar, and when she jumped to the foot of the stairs, one of her golden shoes was left behind, and just then the clock struck twelve, and the golden coach with the horses and the footmen disappeared, and the beautiful dress of cinder maid changed again into her ragged clothes, and she had to run home with only the one golden shoe. You can imagine how excited the sisters were when they came home and told Cindermaid all about it. How that beautiful lady had come in a golden coach dress like the sea with golden shoes and how all had disappeared at midnight except for the golden shoe. Ah, uh, wouldn't you have liked to have been there? Said they. 
Now when the prince found out that he could not keep his lady love nor trace where she had gone, he spoke to his father and showed him the golden shoe and told him that he would never marry anyone but the maiden who could wear that shoe. So the king, his father, ordered Harold to take round the golden shoe upon a velvet cushion and go to every four corners where two streets met and sound the trumpet and call out, Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Be it known unto you all that whatsoever lady of noble birth can fit this shoe upon her foot shall become the bride of his highness, the prince, and our future queen. God save the queen. And when Harold came to the house of Cindermaid's father, the eldest of two stepsisters tried on the golden shoe, but it was too, mu too small for her, as it was for every other lady that had tried it up to that time. But when she went up into her room with a sharp knife and cut one of her toes and part of her heel, and then it fitted her foot into the shoe, and when she came down, she showed it to the herald, who sent a message to the palace, saying that the lady had been found who could wear the golden shoe. Thereupon the prince jumped at once upon his horse and rode the rode to the house of the cindermaid's father. But when he saw the stepsister with the golden shoe, Ah, he said, But this is not the lady. But, she said, You promised to marry the one that could wear the golden shoe. And the prince could say nothing, but offered to take her on his horse to his father's palace. For in those days, ladies used to ride on a pillion at the back of the gentleman's riding on a horseback. Now as they were riding towards the palace, her foot began to drip with blood, and the little bird from the hazel tree that had followed them called out, Turn and peep, turn and peep, there's blood within the shoe. A bit is cut from off the heel and a bit from off the toe. And the prince looked down and saw the blood streaming from her shoe, and then he knew that this was not his true bride, and he rode back to the house of Cindermaid's father, and then the second sister tried his chance. But when she found that her foot wouldn't fit in the shoe, she did the same thing as her sister, but all happened as before. The little bird called out, Turn and peep, turn and peep, there's blood within the shoe. A bit is cut from off the heel and a bit from off the toe. And the prince took her back to her mother's house, and then he asked, Have you no other daughter? And the sisters cried out, No, sir. No, sir. But the father said, Yes, I have another daughter. And the sisters cried out, Cinder maid, cinder maid, she, she could not wear, wear that shoe. shoe. But the prince said, as she is of noble birth, she has the right to try the shoe. So the herald went down to the kitchen and found Cindermaid, and when she saw her golden shoe, she took it from him and put it on her foot, which it fit exactly. And then she took the other golden shoe from underneath the cinders, where she had hidden it, and put that on too. Then the herald knew that she was the true bride of his master, and he took her upstairs to where the prince was. When he saw her face, he knew that she was the lady of his love. So he took her behind him upon his horse, and as they rode to the palace, the little bird from the hazel tree cried out, Some cut their heel and some cut their toe, but she sat by the fire who could wear the shoe. And so they were married and lived happily ever afterwards. Jacob's Europa's Fairy Book, New York and London, G.P. Putnam's Sons, 1916, pages 1 through 12. This version of Cinderella is Jacob's reconstruction of the story's original form, based on his analysis of the common features of hundreds of variants collected throughout Europe. Joseph Jacobs was born in 1854 in Australia. He immigrated 
in 1872 to England, graduated from Cambridge University, and became one of the best-known folklorists of his era. In 1900, he immigrated to the United States, where he died in 1916. Until next time. Archetypes and Anarchy is produced by me, Courtney Floyd, and researched and written by my spring 2018 Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon. Our theme music is Music Box by The Underscore Orchestra, and our closing music is Wolf, It's Really Rather Rad by High Arches, both of which are available under a Creative Commons license at the Free Music Archive. The background music for today's episode is Stefano Vita's Once Upon a Time, and Pottington Bear's The Golden Hour and Fragile Do Not Drop, available on Free Music Archive under a Creative Commons license. The sound of the wolf that lives in the woods That comes to my back door from time to time Shake the hand of the sun that burns above Reaches down over everyone Got your jackal and heart, your monster inside Pouring water over your fire I incur us a soul, then I need to go Back into the woods, I'm told Not a single living thing needs to be left out You can find in the garden what's missing in yourself There's a spider web that connects heads Connected by the number nine can you think in visions and breathe in rhythms? Dream an ocean over your lips. It brings a deeper meaning, a powerful feeling. Brings us the myths we're told. And it's only clean water that supports the things that we're trying to grow. Not a single living cell needs to be left out. Find in the garden what's missing in yourself. Have you seen the way the speaker makes a pattern in the sand when the frequency is just right? Oh man, it's really rather rare.